a hitchhiker is picked up and then forced to dig a grave. You too can own a piece of the Bet's Sphere, the mysterious object we recovered in our last episode. And then we look at the topic of Operation High Jump. It's on the conspiracy iceberg, but near the top. Fairly well-known conspiracy. Did the Nazis really collaborate with aliens to build a fleet of UFOs in Antarctica? And did they beat back? An expeditionary force sent to destroy them. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. Sorry about yesterday. I just had to take the day off. I feel better now. I'm not 100%, but I definitely feel better now. I do have to say, I am very impressed and humbled by the outpouring of support I got Um, I appreciate that. I got a lot of emails, a lot of YouTube comments, a lot of stuff on my Facebook Messenger, uh, wishing me a well rest, hoping I get better soon. I'm glad that you guys all appreciated that. I just need a little bit of break. I actually had one listener, Shakira Shakira, offer to do an imitation of me and to still have a podcast that day. And I was intrigued just to hear somebody imitate me. He said he could, I'm ass- again, I'm assuming it's a he, I don't know why I do that, but that he could match my cadence and style and anything else could be chalked up to mic differences. Or no, 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 anything else chalked up to the fact that I was sick, so my voice may sound different. So, And then he, he had some mic issues and, and he said it wouldn't sound good, but I appreciate that. I thought that was a great offer. I still want to hear that though. You've already said it, so now you got to do some sort of audio clip for us. I guess I probably do have a pretty easily imitated cadence. And I actually edited it up. It's funny because when I'm recording the podcast, I take a lot more pauses in between words. And when I edit it, I cut out like a half second in those long pauses or a second just to kind of speed stuff up to keep it into that 30 minutes. But again, guys, I really appreciate that you listen to the show and I really appreciate that you you care about me. And that's really awesome. It was it was quite amazing. Okay, but we're going to go ahead and jump into this. And that is because we've got these three great stories. One of them, the first one is no news. And so I don't couldn't find the link for it. I couldn't find the link for it. This story was kind of a small story in the middle of nowhere, so I, I apologize for that, but I thought it was an interesting enough story to cover. We're in the year 2004, that magical year of wacky news. We're in the region of Harare, Zimbabwe. There's a bunch of hitchhikers walking down the street. There are 20 of them, and I guess they're probably looking for work in another town. But it's the middle of the night. These 20 hitchhikers are walking down the street or road. They're in the middle of nowhere. And this truck pulls up, this big truck pulls up, and they're like, hey, you guys need a ride? And they're like, yeah, sure. They all said it once. Now, I don't know how they fit 20 people into the truck, but I guess if you were determined, you can do anything. So you get 20 people into this truck. Let's assume it's like a big military-style truck. Maybe the people who picked them up saw the hitchhikers depart, and they got the right truck. Because what happens is they're driving through the middle of nowhere at night, I don't know. That's supposed to be a car shifting gears, but whatever. So they're driving down the road, and at one point, all 20 of them at the same time go, we're not headed towards the city. And the driver's like, how do you guys talk all at the same time? And two, shut up! And so the truck keeps going, and it comes to a graveyard. The hitchhikers are like, uh, this isn't good. And so they jump out. 
not jump out to run. The guys get out of the van and like, get out, get out, get out. And they're like, push him out of the truck. Actually, you know, now that I'm telling this story, there's some weird inconsistencies in it. Okay, so first off, we have a truck that can hold 20 people and the guys who are driving the truck. So 20 people plus, let's say, three dudes driving the truck, three guys in the cab. They load everyone off the truck. And then they give them shovels. So now I have to believe there's 20 shovels in this truck as well. Do they have exactly 20? Was there only 19 and the other guy just kind of stood there waiting his turn? Anyways, the point of the story is, is that the guy said, you guys got to start digging up some graves for us. And despite the fact that there's 20 of them, I I wish I could have found the link for this. This was a legit news story. Despite the fact there was 20 of them, the grave robbers have them dig up a single coffin and throw the body out of the coffin, throw the coffin into the truck and take away off into the night with the coffin. And I guess in Zimbabwe, because of political strife, and AIDS crisis and things like that, coffins are, there's a black market for coffins. They're rare. So it would make sense that someone would want to, like, grave rob, but not the body necessarily, but just the coffin. And the hitchhikers were just stuck in the graveyard. Now, again, I read that story and I was like, oh, that'd be interesting to talk about. But once I started talking about it, I don't think any, I don't even think, like, a military-grade truck can hold 20 people and 20 shovels. And then if you had that many people with that many shovels, why just take one coffin? Why not just be, like, two-man teams? You could take 10 coffins. Very ineffective. But anyway, so all the hitchhikers were fine. I think that's probably the only story that has, includes the words hitchhiker, graveyard, and shovel, and it ends with nobody dying. So good on you, Zimbabwe, for for setting a record on shovel slash hitchhiker slash graveyard stories. If it's true, because now, again, that I'm thinking about it, I, I don't think you could fit that many people in a truck. Okay, our next story. So we talked about the Bet Sphere last episode and went through the whole story of the Bet Sphere. Sphere. I realized halfway through that episode, I started calling it an orb. And I think that was almost, I didn't do that on purpose. I think that was subconscious because I knew I was having a hard time saying sphere. A couple times I just used the word the Bet's orb or the mysterious orb, which is much easier. Anyways, so we went over the story of the Bet Sphere. It was this golden, I don't know why I keep thinking it's golden, but it was this orb that was found and there was in the middle of a field and there was questions of what it was. Was it just a piece of an art project? Was it a mechanical ball bearing for a giant valve? Alien probe, satellite, weapon. And then I found additional information that the family didn't mysteriously disappear. They just kind of moved out of the area and faded into obscurity the way they wanted it. And they still own possession of the sphere. Now, while I said that I was looking around to find out what happened to the Betts family, and I made a remark on the last podcast, I had to look through about three pages of Google results, and I had to type in specifically what happened to the Betts family, or where are the Betts family now, or something like that. But I was very specific to say the three pages, because on another page, I found a website that actually is selling the Betts sphere, or, more precisely, the most powerful part of it. Now... Again, whoever wrote, who's ever selling this obviously didn't find the information I did. <laughs> the people are still alive and they still own the Bet Sphere because these guys have a completely different idea of what's going on. This is from the website The Haunted Collector. They sell junk and say it's magical. And if you poke around on their website enough, it says this website's for entertainment purposes only, but that won't stop them from taking your money. And they can always say, well, it says for entertainment purposes. 
to a skeptic, so I don't really believe this stuff, and then to someone who believes in it, they're like, yeah, legal, I have to put that, but this will make ghosts show up by this ring. So anyways, so on the website, briefly, they go over the history of the Beth Sphere. I'm not going to repeat that, but this is their story. We were invited by a secret source to investigate the things that were happening to the ball, as they have continued to happen even unto this day. These things haven't stopped. The sphere no longer belongs to the Betts family. It's false. Totally false. They could no longer handle any of the supernatural crap. That's not really a good word to put. If you're selling supernatural crap, I wouldn't remind the audience of that. They could no longer handle any of the supernatural crap that was happening on a daily basis in their lives. Rather, the ball now belongs, or I should say two top secret, but I have to copy edit this as well. Rather, the ball now belongs to top secret sector, they're missing another word, to the top secret sector of the CIA handling only cases of intergalactic intrigue. So, you know, CIA is noble as an institution. They are at times when they're not <laughs> poisoning Americans, assassinating people. They're not the people I'd put in charge of any sort of intergalactic group. They, they don't have any astronauts working for them. They don't have any spaceships. They don't have any infrastructure to support alien. I mean, like, that would be, you would obviously go with, like, NASA or the Air Force or make up a group. The CIA seems fairly mundane. I mean, you can visit the CIA headquarters. You can just, I, I don't think you can just walk to the door, but you can say, hey, is there a tour? Tour? You can't, you just make something up, bro. You're making everything else up. Let's jump ahead here. Okay, so the person who's writing this nonsense says he's, I'm assuming it's a he, I don't know why, but this person has a partner named Didi, and he says they have worked with the CIA before. Well, I should not necessarily say with. Because we always end up with more than they do, but either way, you know what I mean. I have no idea what you mean. You end up with more than they do? Like, more information? Like, I, I don't know what you mean. We were called in to do an investigation, and after assuring them we had no idea what was going on, we left with two pieces. These pieces hold the power that has previously been placed in the stainless steel sphere. So they showed up to the CIA headquarters, and they're like, no, we don't know what this is either. And then they're like, hey, can I have a piece of it? And the CIA's like, yeah, sure. Like, it doesn't want, this is super bizarre, but they have to get these pieces to sell them, obviously. So anyways, they go on and on, and they talk about they don't know what the sphere is, but they just know that it's powerful. So... They took two pieces of it. They took two pieces of the sphere. And I'm assuming it's the pieces that are supposedly in the middle of it, but again, how do they get access to it? They didn't, obviously, because the Betts family still has it. Basically, this piece implements a creation power very similar to the one that God used to create the world. I want to remind you, this is a website called hauntedcollector.com where you can buy stuff via PayPal. They're selling the power that God used to create the world and not using it themselves. They're going to sell it. They're going to turn it into an earring or a ring. What we are guessing the sphere was, was a piece that was used for the creations of world and universes? Question mark? Why, why is there a question mark there? We have no proof it has ever been used, but the likelihood of such an active object never being used is slim to none. So is the chances of this actually being real? Either way, we were able to split the power of the sphere into two pieces. Not plural, dude. Into two pieces. 
This essentially left the government empty-handed with a sphere that went... Okay, another typo. That went form doing everything to nothing. They will never know that it was us that siphoned the power, though, because they have no way of telling. But we now... These two pieces. We now... It should be. We now have these two pieces. Ha ha ha. Okay, so they stole the pieces. They stole the most powerful pieces out of the Bet Sphere. The CIA will never find out, according to them, other than the fact that they just admitted it on a website and they are selling those pieces to people via PayPal. These, again, these pieces, they allow you to create realities like God, but there's a catch only on the astral realm. So, dreaming. If you buy this, you can dream stuff. You can create what it says here. You can create whatever type of realities you want. As if you were playing a game of The Sims. I'm not making this next thing up. I just imagine this person typing this out. You can create whatever type of realities you want. As if you were playing a game of The Sims. And then they sat and they looked around the room for 10 minutes. And then they finished the sentence by saying, Oh, whatever games are out there now. Like, what? You just say The Sims. If you don't know what other games are out there, just be like, oh, you can create stuff like The Sims. And The Sims, the guys, SimCity, SimAnt, which one are we talking about? But anyways, I love like the cantankerous old man being like, or whatever you kids are playing, you can Fortnite stuff, whatever, just go. You will be able to create the type of creatures you want in your reality. Don't say that because I can already see a bunch of bronies logging into Haunted Collector. It's hauntedcollector.net, by the way. You'll be able to create the types of creatures you want in your reality and use these creatures to create more magical powers and abilities that you'll be able to use as they are created. What? So you make creatures and then you're like, I give you the ability to create more creatures. And they're like, yes, master. And then they create more. It's No, that's the worst idea ever. You go into your astral, you go back to your astral reality. It'd basically be like if you created a bot in Minecraft. That you're like, hey guys, you build while I'm gone, and then you show up the next day, and there's just lava everywhere. You go to your astral reality, it's going to be a total mess. It is a never-ending cycle, and you can use this piece as many times as you want to create as many different types and styles of existence you want. Take a look around. It is the same magic that has been used to create our universe. Just imagine how powerful it is. Get this piece and start creating today. This object was one of the objects that was made to create the universe. It gives you the same power as God used creating the universe. They stole it from the CIA. The CIA doesn't know that, but they admitted it on this website. The CIA that polices intergalactic policies, they stole this from. Gives you the ability to create stuff in the astral realm. Gives you the ability to create creatures who can create stuff in the astral realm. Basically making, it gives you the power to make other gods. Gives you the ability to create any existence you want. How much would you pay for that god level of power? Well, they took these little pieces of the Bet Sphere. Apparently there's only two of them. Now, I don't know if they've shaved them down so they can sell hundreds of these. But they took a piece of the Bet Sphere, you know, the metallic orb. Stainless steel sphere, according to them. Turned it into a crystal skull. $1,200. $1,200. You can buy them on shop.hauntedcollector.net for $1,200. You can have the power of a god in your imagination. Here's the thing. People are buying this. It doesn't do that. 
They admitted on their website that the website is for entertainment purposes only. I just, you know, I think it's funny because it's another addition to the Bet's Bet's Orb story. Because when it was left so mysterious at the end that it did leave people to fill in the blanks. And some people are going to fill in the blanks with a creative option. And some people are just going to fill in the blanks with, let's see what we can get away with. Let's see if people will buy this thing. It shows up in the search results for Bet's Sphere. Bet's Sphere Orb Ball. It shows up. And I'm sure people have purchase these things there you go if you want to buy it if you want the ability to create things that can create things if you want to become your own perpetual machine in your dreams like it doesn't affect the real world it's just in your imagination the astral realm there you go shop.hauntedcollector.net we may be revisiting them they got a lot of crazy stuff there okay let's jump into operation high jump real quick now this was actually a request it was kind of a dual request Operation High Jump was specifically requested on YouTube by a user named Toxic Rage. And then there was a little addendum to it. New Swabia by Pon Rawl. He mentioned that the other day. Now, Operation High Jump is something that I've been familiar with, with for a long time. And I think it's something that most people are familiar with it just in passing. Because again, when I covered the Vril Society, how the Nazis were looking at gaining this magical elixir called Vril, and it was going to power all their weapons of war, and it'd be all sci-fi. That was something we'd seen in pop culture, things like that. The uh, Wolfenstein games deal a lot with Vril. This is kind of the same thing, because this deals with the first big UFO Nazi alliance. So there's always this rumor that the Nazis were building UFOs during World War II. But, so Operation High Jump was the conspiracy theory that what happened was, after the war ended, America, we assembled a fleet, and the purpose was, the purpose on paper was to set up a base in Antarctica. And it was not so much to, like, establish the base, but this is, they wanted to train personnel and see how their ships worked in really cold zones. They did want to extend American sovereignty over one of the biggest continents really they wanted to there was already little bases there at like outposts but they wanted to say can we have a, a bigger base here and they wanted to look at like how to build airfields there they were just using bulldozers and stuff like that to like flat nice then you could have planes land they, it was kind of a expeditionary force to look at the realities of basing people out of antarctica we just gotten out of our second world war and so now you kind of want to say hey we want to have bases everywhere now New Swabia was a mapping expedition done before the war by Germany where they said, we are going to see if we can find a suitable base, suitable place to base. And it was very, very preliminary. New Swabia was them charting the coastline. So they did, made great maps. I mean, I don't want to praise the Nazi government, but they, gave, they, they surveyed a lot of Antarctica the coastline and the official story with that is that then they just said okay they went back home and they said here's here's our maps now the conspiracy theory is this when the allied nations came to antarctica to check out the region they said they were going to be there for i think it was like six months and they left about four months early and they're just like you know what the weather the weather got really really bad we, we had to pull out. We had to cut. We did what we wanted to do. We wanted to be there longer. But, the, you know, this was their first big expedition. They had, a, like, I think it was like 60 boats, 4,700 men. It was a sizable thing. But they said, you know, the weather was too bad, so we're going to pull back, and then we're going to wait until the weather's good, and then we'll continue our operations. And obviously they did, because today there's huge outposts and bases there and all that stuff. But 
the the conspiracy theory was this: we showed up and they were met with resistance. They were met with Nazis who had gone there and established New Swabia was a real place, an underground base. And while the Nazis are underground, they discovered they met UFO, not met UFOs, they met aliens. They're like, hello, UFO. And the UFO is just sitting there. And then the aliens like, I'm over here. And they're like, oh, there you are. Sorry, I thought that was you. Sorry. They met the aliens. And the aliens are like, oh, racial superiority. Yeah, no, we'll totally be. We're totally down with that for whatever reason. You only like like certain races and we're like a different species. Oh, yeah, this should work out. So the aliens and the Nazis made an alliance. Very illogical, but they made an alliance. And the Nazis and the aliens started flying around and they fought off the U.S. troops and the U.S. troops left. A couple of people did die during the expedition. And some people have said, oh, no, it was a ton of people. And official numbers say, no, it's just like a couple. So, but I mean, you have 60 ships, there's a UFO. I guess I'm already debunking it, but the story of this fleet going out and this UFO showing up and they're having this big shootout and us being pushed back. And, like, everyone comes back okay, and no one's like, oh. They're like, oh, so, honey, how was Antarctica? And they're like, oh, the laser beams, man. It was just way too much. And they're like, what? And he's like, oh, I mean the weather. It was the weather. Anyway, so the the way this story came out, and it's really, really interesting, because I think we've touched on it a couple times this week, with misinformation, stuff intentionally being obscured, obfuscated obscured we'll see what i'm not gonna get too fancy so i'm gonna read you two quotes they actually come from the same source but two different websites are quoting the source differently i.e one of them has the whole quote here's quote one admiral bird was one of the leaders during operation high jump admiral bird declared today that it was imperative for the united states to initiate immediate defense measures against hostile regions Furthermore, Byrd stated that he, quote, didn't want to frighten anyone unduly, unquote, but that it was, quote, a bitter reality that in case of a new war, the continental United States would be attacked by flying objects which could fly from pole to pole at incredible speeds, unquote. So that is where, so you have this admiral, this very well-respected admiral, served during World War II, a very, very legitimate guy, real guy. I don't know him personally. I don't know why I'm vouching for him so much, but by all accounts, he was a good guy. Saying, hey, listen, guys, I was down in Antarctica. I don't want to scare anybody, but we need to be prepared to face objects that are flying so fast they can go from pole to pole. And from that, and there was other... So, and then there's a quote, another quote from a German Grand Admiral. His name is Karl Donitz. Not Donuts, but Donitz. And he said that... The submarines out in the Arctic area had found another part of the world, a Shangri-La land, an uh, impenetrable fortress. Now, we'll handle Donuts, uh, we'll just call him Donuts, we'll handle his quote first. There's no record of him actually saying that on the record. There's no, We don't have any proof that he actually said that. It most likely was attributed to him later. It's a nice image that they had found this But let's go back to Bird's quote. So I read you the first quote. Now, I had actually started reading the Wikipedia article first, and it had this section in it. And both of these quotes come from the same thing. So what happened was Admiral Bird did an interview in a Chilean newspaper called El Mercurio. 
It seems weird that this American admiral is being interviewed for a Chilean newspaper, but the Antarctic expedition was such a big deal that he was doing the rounds. They have footage of him talking about it on like a talk show. There is actually an Academy Award winning documentary about them going to Antarctica and Operation High Jump. So it wasn't this top secret thing that was done. They made a documentary and it won awards. And he went on talk shows and talked about his experiences in Antarctica. So the idea that they somehow, if if they had gone out there and fought Nazi aliens, they could have just scrubbed the whole thing and just go, oh, we never even got there in the first place. But instead they come back and the guy's like doing talk shows. And it's like one of those old timey talk shows where everyone's like smoking cigars on stage and stuff. And he, there's a, 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 an Academy Award, maybe it was nominated, but anyways, it was an Academy Award something documentary on going to Antarctica because it was this la- it was kind of this hopeful exploration thing after this horrible horrible war. So anyways, this is what Wikipedia says regarding that article and this is very very telling. This is from the article from the actual article article not the Wikipedia article. This is from the article in the newspaper. Admiral Richard E. Byrd warned today that the United States should adopt measures of protection against the possibility of an invasion of the country so that matches up, of hostile planes coming from the polar region. Now, I will give the, I will give the alien guys this. It could be a translation error. So let, he's specifically saying planes in this, but let's switch that to objects. Hostile objects from the polar regions. I'll give you that, because he is an American giving an interview for a Spanish newspaper, Spanish-speaking newspaper, that's then being translated back into English. So I'm not going to quibble over planes or objects, but... Even with the word objects, we'll listen to the rest of this, and just from the context, you'll know what he's talking about. They cut out all of the context. Their quote pretty much ends around there. The Admiral explained that he's not trying to scare anyone, but the cruel reality is that in case of a new war, the United States could be attacked by planes, which objects, we'll change it to objects, objects flying over one or both poles. Again, matches up. This statement was made as part of a recapitulation of its own Recapitulation? Doesn't that mean give up? Anyways, of his own polar experience, re... Whatever. I know there's people who are like, Jason, you're an idiot. You're trying to disprove this and you can't even pronounce words, but whatever. It's part of his own recapitulation of his own polar experience in an exclusive interview with the International News Service. Talking about the recently completed expedition, Bird said that the most important result of his observations and discovery is the potential effect that they have in relation to the security of the United States. The fantastic speed with which the world is shrinking, recalled the Admiral, is one of the most important lessons learned during his recent Antarctic exploration. I have to warn my compatriots that the time has ended where we were able to take refuge in our isolation and rely on the certainty that the distances, the oceans, and the poles were a guarantee of safety. What he's talking about is not just planes or objects, but the fact that the world, with the advanced weaponry that was made in the 10 years prior to this, We were on the cusp of the ICBM. America had always been an island from conflict. And now, things are just going to fly over from anywhere. Long-range bombers, high-speed missiles, satellites. They're already, they got their Project Paperclip Nazi scientists working on rocket engines. That's what he's talking about when he says, 
And you notice in that he doesn't say anything about them flying from pole to pole. But that so that's changing that. What he's saying is the world is very small and we need to have U.S. assets everywhere because we're no longer safe. The weaponry that's been developed by humans, not aliens, can hit America at any time. And what happened was 10 years later, that was the Cold War. Was that Russia all the way across the world now had the ability to strike America within a half hour when... In the 1930s, you'd have to look, you just see the Navy coming and he's saying the world's smaller. That's, so that's what that means. And it's interesting because an entire mythology has built up around aliens and Nazis because of stories like this. This story takes those little pull quotes and it's a fascinating story. I mean, I think it's an interesting topic of these, you know, cold weather U.S. soldiers and fighting up like UFOs come and stuff like that. And we're like, retreat, retreat. It's an interesting image, but it didn't happen. And they really had to pull out the quotes to get this stuff. There was also this thing that the Secretary of State, who supposedly knew about Operation High Jump, his name was Forrestel? Forrestel? James Forrestel, sorry, Secretary of Defense. Anyways, he knew about this, and he couldn't keep the secret, and he got locked up in a mental hospital, and then he jumped out of a window and died, and people have said he was suicided. I looked into that. He was, a, he was a real guy. He did get put in a mental hospital. He got fired from his job as Secretary of Defense. He was having some depression issues. They didn't want, the hospital didn't want people to know he was there for depression. Everyone in depression is put on the first floor so they don't jump out the window. He was put on the 14th floor, jumped out the window. He may have been murdered. I'm not going to deny that. But here's my pushback on that. If he was killed to cover up the story, why wasn't the person writing this article killed before the article was published? None of the sailors got suicided. No, you're telling me no other official at all in the 20 years after that event, after Operation High Jump, which was, a, again, a real operation. But none of them, a single one of them had any second doubts about this. Just the one guy who happened to die in that 20 year time frame. I mean, at a certain point, like, yeah, you can, it's like the, the Bennington Triangle thing. You can take a big enough period of time and you'll find five outliers and be like, oh, this guy killed himself. This guy died of some rare disease. Ergo, this whole conspiracy, this triangle I drew is true because I can look at all these little weird events happening inside of it. Even though it doesn't fit anything else. The tens of thousands of other people who went on to live their lives just normally. A guy did get crushed. I thought this was pretty gruesome. They asked this one dude, what's the worst thing you saw in Antarctica? Which, let me tell you a tip. Don't ask veterans questions like that, or cops, or even construction workers. Because they, they don't like to relive those stories, ever. But anyways, they go, someone asked, what's the worst thing you saw in Antarctica? And they were probably expecting, well, you know, the greys. And the what? No, no, no. No, he goes, the worst thing I saw was there was a bulldozer that was used to crush ice, like to make ice flat, to make a runway, and a dude fell down. I, I imagine he's like running, and he's like slipping on the ice, and it melted him. It just ran. I mean, I guess it's pretty disrespectful to make that noise, but just flattened him. I mean, it's made to crush a continental ice shelf. Imagine what it would do to a 180-pound man. Don't imagine that, actually, but anyways. Now, what's weird, I'll give him this. I don't buy the alien Nazi thing. Again, why would the aliens... At that point, the aliens aren't stupid. They would go, you guys lost. And you guys are against other people of your own species for being different. What are you going to do to us? 
If anything, it would make sense that the aliens would go on the side of the winners. The guy, people who had the nuclear bomb. Not a bunch of, like, a ragtag group. However, I will give them this. There were reports, substantiated, unsubstantiated, I can't really tell, but there were reports that Nazi subs were operating in Arctic regions for a period of time after the war. Whether that was them continuing to fight the bad fight, whether that was them just saying, well, what do we do now? Well, let's try to get to South America. Who knows? We don't have a lot, or as far as I can tell, any instances of these uh, subs shooting, you know, allied chips in the area, but there were sightings. Could have just been overactive imagination. There could have been actual still Nazi subs out there, because what are you going to do? You know everyone else is getting hung up there. You know you lost the war. So you're just floating around for a while. So, I mean, there are definitely things. And there was Operation Werewolf, which was the original, which is admittedly a badass name. But originally, when the war was winding down, the Germans were like, let's just go underground and we'll fight a guerrilla war for the next 60 years. That was Operation Werewolf. And the commanders were like, no, that's not a good idea. The South had the same idea. They were planning to just fight a guerrilla war for the next 100 years. And cooler heads prevailed and said, no, nah, it's over. Let's let's move on. So anyways, it could have been kind of a byproduct of that. It could have just been sub-commanders trying to figure out what to do. But Antarctica is, like I said in the other episode about the guys dying over there, it's a creepy, spooky place. It's completely inhospitable to human life. And it's easy for us to make stuff up happen there. But at the end of the day, there's really no difference between this story, which has, which is all based on a quote that is completely taken out of context, and the person selling the Beth's, the Bet's orb pieces. It's just, it's fiction. It's fiction. It's fun fiction. It's fun. And I enjoyed covering the story. So thank you, Toxic Rage. And thank you, Pon Rolf, for the new Swabia uh, information as well. But it is a story nonetheless. So, but so that is the story of Operation High Jump. Is, was it just a survey mission that they ended up canceling a little early because of the weather? And one guy got crushed by a snow bulldozer? Because we did go back, and we did build bases, and there's people there now. Or was there really this human interplanetary alien war where we fought UFOs with swastikas on the bottom of them, got beat, and yet today still have bases all over Antarctica, or all over the coastlines at least. No actual working UFOs, and the Nazi government is in... Well, it doesn't exist, and... I mean, you just got to think about it logically. Like, at a certain point, it just it just didn't happen. If Interesting story. But if you step back and you look at it and go, hmm, it's, it just didn't happen. I know that's kind of a downer note. <coughs> if, you're into, if you're into Nazi superiority having access to intergalactic weaponry, sorry if I ruined your day. And again, I'm not the final say on any of this. If you guys go, oh, no, no, here's some more information. I'll be more than willing to look at it. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. <laughs>